Welcome to Episode 9 of the Moms That Lead podcast. I want to start today off with a story. It was 2006 in Queens, New York, and I was a month into my first corporate job and was loving it. As part of our manager's focus on taking care of her people, she held monthly professional development meetings when I got a chance to talk to her about my goals, what I was struggling with, and what was going well. And I also got to hear her feedback about my performance and her ideas for how I could continue to develop. I don't remember much from that first conversation, but what I do remember is her saying, Terry, we want to hear more from you. I'm sure you have great ideas, but we want to hear more of them in team meetings. That's what we hired you for. Speaking out is not my natural preference. As a young adult, I kind of prided myself on the fact that teachers and coaches would say that I led by example. In my time as a high school teacher, before my corporate job, because there weren't as many opportunities to interact with my peers, it wasn't as obvious that I didn't speak up much. So I really started the journey to finding my voice at work after that conversation in 2006. And although that journey is far from over, I've learned a few key points from experience and from watching the skilled leaders that I've had the chance to work with. I knew that finding my voice was important, not just as a leader in a business, but also to be an example to my kids. I want them to have a model for effectively and kindly sharing the unique purpose that they have with those around them. In today's episode, I'll share practices that can help you find and refine your voice to deal with some of the challenges that might get in the way and how to use your voice for good at a time where opinions are plentiful and emotions are high. You don't even have to worry about writing all of the tips down because as an extra added bonus, we're trying something new this episode and you can find a worksheet that will include all of the tips and the questions that I mention. You can download that from our show notes at momsthatlead.com forward slash podcast forward slash the number nine. Today's episode is for leaders who are in the grow phase of our leadership development path. Head back to episode five if you don't know what I'm talking about. You're grounded in your purpose and you at least have a rough sense of your leadership vision. By the end of today's episode, you'll have a framework and guidelines for strengthening your voice and tips for when to use it and how to increase the chances that it's heard. And bonus, many of the ideas I'll be sharing today are applicable not only when you're leading in the workplace, but also when leading in the community and maybe even when deciding what to post on your social media feeds. But for those of you who don't know Moms That Lead yet, let's start with the intro. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, just like John Quincy Adams said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. 
So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. So before we jump into the tips, let's talk about why finding or refining your voice is important. For me, there's one huge reason that stands out from all the rest. And if you know anything about me, you know that one of my strongest beliefs is that there is a reason that each and every human being is on this planet. Your unique purpose, when used for good, moves the world forward. And when it is not shared, there's something missing. It's like when, maybe during the pandemic lockdown, you took out that old jigsaw puzzle. You worked on it for hours, putting together the pieces until the different parts of the pictures started taking shape. Finally, you got to the last stretch where pieces started going together more easily. The excitement mounted and the joy of completing it was within reach. Until that moment, the dreaded moment when you discovered that there were two unfilled spots and only one remaining piece. That's what I feel like the world is when we are not all able to share our unique purpose. Sure, the puzzle has beauty, but it's just not complete. If you agree that each human has inherent value and potential for adding to the beauty of the world, then you have to agree that it's true for you, too. And because of that, people around you need to get the chance to understand what you bring to the puzzle of your workplace or community. So that's reason number one that it's important to spend time defining or refining your voice and thinking about how you can most effectively share it. Second, from a business perspective, you were hired for a reason. Someone saw something in you that could benefit the team and company. But unless you find a way to effectively and confidently share your voice, your value may not be as evident, and you may not see the opportunities for growth or advancement that you desire. Okay, so hopefully even with just those two reasons, you're on board about the importance of finding your voice. But what are some of the challenges? What are the voices in your head that want to keep you quiet saying? Any of these sound familiar? What if you say something stupid? How about, don't rock the boat. No one's going to listen anyway. Or maybe, there's already so much noise. I know I've heard those voices several times in my head. So let's start with the first one. What if I say something stupid? First, if you want to have a voice that people trust, you do need to know your stuff, but you also need to be real. So, while you should let the fear that you'll say something stupid motivate you to do your research, also know that a leader who makes mistakes but admits them and shows how she's learned is much more believable and more likely to be listened to than a leader who thinks she's always right. So let's go through three steps that can help you to more confidently share your voice and lessen that fear that you'll say something stupid. First, be aware of and grounded in your purpose. If you go through the process that we use at Moms That Lead, knowing your purpose means that you have a pretty clear sense of your strengths, your passion, and your values. Just knowing that can be a huge help in increasing your confidence. Not only that, but it can also help you to know the discussions in which you can add the most value, and those during which it would be more beneficial to remain quiet. But we'll talk about that more in a few minutes. For step number two, let's go back to the idea of doing your research. What does that mean? Let's look at two different situations. Let's say you have a meeting that you know about in advance and have an idea of what the discussion topics might be. Doing your research includes things like reviewing your notes from past meetings on the same topic or reading different perspectives on whatever topic might be discussed. But it also means valuing your past experiences that are related to the current discussion topic and refreshing your memory of what you learned from those experiences. You could even think about different opinions that might come up during the meeting and play out in your mind how you might respond. 
But let's say you don't have the luxury of planning in advance. Let's say that you're in the situation, which is probably more common, when you have opportunities to voice your opinion about topics that come up on the fly. You may rely more heavily on speaking from your personal experience in that situation. Finally, the third step to dealing with the inner voice that warns you that you might say something stupid. Share your thoughts with authenticity and confidence. What do I mean by that? Well, the fact is that you can never have all the answers or do all the research that is possible. But please try not to preface your statements with phrases that immediately downplay the validity of what you're trying to say. For example, don't say, I'm not sure what the right answer is. Or, I don't know much about this, but... Or, you know a lot more about this, but... Immediately, you're going to be discounted, and many people will stop listening right away. Instead, try something like, this is what I do know, and then tell them why you know it. A this is what I do know, this is where I have questions approach also works out very well. The authentic confidence and humility will help people to trust your voice. So again, instead of going into a meeting and saying, I'm not sure about this, but this is what I think, try something like, this is what I do know about this situation. Tell them the facts that you know about and say, and this is where I still have questions. But given all that, this is what I think. Even if your contribution you make is relatively small, you have no idea what ideas that might inspire in someone else. Teams, companies, organizations in general, and even families are made up of multiple people because hopefully we're better together. Your idea might start the chain reaction that leads to the big idea that is needed to move the organization forward. So don't be shy about sharing even small contributions. Hopefully that helps with that pesky inner voice that keeps warning you that you may say something stupid. So let's go to the second inner voice, the second challenge. Not wanting to rock the boat or fearing that no one will listen. First, let me acknowledge that there are situations that are toxic. And no matter what you do, speaking up is going to get you into trouble. I'm not talking today about any of those situations. If you're in one of those situations, I hope and pray that you find a way to get out of it and into a healthier situation. But if you're not in a situation like that, but are still afraid to rock the boat and have a fear that the risk isn't worth the reward because no one will listen, here are a couple tips that might help. The first one deals with your mindset, and the second is a skill that can be learned and practiced. First, for the mindset tip, let's go back to the story about the puzzle. You with your unique purpose have a role to play. You are needed. Your voice is needed by others. It may not always be easy, but since we're talking about boats, I thought this quote might drive the point home. John A. Shedd said, A ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. Let that sink in for a minute. You were created to live your purpose and to take chances and step out of your comfort zone so that your community, whether that be your workspace, organization, or family, can move forward. Believe me, I understand the fear. Thankfully, I've never been in a toxic culture where the risk to speaking up was great. But even in the relatively friendly environments that I've had the chance to be a part of, I've still struggled with speaking up. One of my greatest challenges and this happens to be the dark side of my strength of empathy, is that I care too much about what others think of me. I sense their emotions and reactions strongly, and that makes the fear of rejection even more powerful. 
But I believe that God made us each for great things. And that comes with the responsibility to do all we can to discover and live out our purpose, no matter how far out of our comfort zone that takes us. I'm also working on understanding and believing that really God's love is all that I need and that I don't need to worry about what others think of me. In fact, I I believe that many of today's problems in the world would be solved if everyone understood how fully and completely they were loved by God. I think that heaven will be when we all completely understand that and also understand that there is an abundance, not a scarcity of love. So more love for me doesn't mean that you get less love. But that's a podcast episode for another time. So anyway, whatever way makes most sense to you, based on your beliefs, it's important that you understand how needed you are and how necessary it is for you to step out of your comfort zone so that others can benefit from your purpose and your leadership. So on to the next tip for how to handle that voice that tells you not to rock the boat or that no one will listen. This one's less of a mindset and more of a skill. In fact, it's two skills. These two skills that can help you to deal with the fear of rocking the boat and the fear that no one will listen are empathy and perspective taking. These skills are very related, and there's some debate about if they're part of the same skill. But for our purposes, I'm going to go with these definitions. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another, whereas perspective taking is the ability to understand and share the thoughts of another. Both kind of ask you to put yourself in someone else's shoes. If you want to increase the chance that someone else will listen to you, and this is true for spouses and kids too, you need to spend some time thinking about the idea or topic from their perspective. What is important to them? What might they object to in your idea? Why? If you know that, you might even be able to address that up front. So let's say... For an example, that you're in the middle of a restructuring effort at work, and you think a position occupied by a man named Tim should be moved to another team. Maybe you're worried that the manager whose team you think should accept the position, let's call her Mary, is worried about the potential increase in work. But you also know that she values opportunities for her team to get credit and visibility. So in the meeting, you might start speaking your voice and sharing your idea by saying, Mary, I know this may mean an increase in work for you, but Tim's work often involves high-priority work and as a result naturally gets wide visibility. Not only that, but there's a lot of similarity between the processes of our team and your team, so you won't need to spend much time onboarding Tim. In that statement, you've not only shown that you knew and cared about what was important to her, but also addressed one of her concerns before she even had the chance to voice it. Now, I'm not saying that you can know exactly what someone else is thinking or feeling, but if you take time to research and observe and listen, you'll get a better understanding that you can use to increase the chances that your voice will fall on open ears. Speaking of ears and listening, that's a great lead-in to our final challenge. The concern that there's already so much noise and so many opinions that it might be better for you to just keep your voice to yourself. I saved this one for last because I think it's the most important, but also the one that gets overlooked in training and advice for finding your voice. To effectively find and express your voice, you first need to know when to stay quiet. 
That inner voice that's telling you that there's already too much noise in the world is right. We're being bombarded by information and opinions constantly. And you may have thought that this podcast episode was going to be about making your voice louder so that it would stand out. But let me ask you, have you ever had anyone in your life who rarely spoke, but when she did, something profound always came out of her mouth? I'd argue that she has a stronger voice than her coworker who speaks up on every single meeting agenda item. I was fortunate enough to have a gentleman on a team that I led fit the description of the first person. He rarely spoke, but it was very clear that he was listening. As when he shared an idea, everyone paid attention because his ideas were often ones that propelled the team forward several steps. He knew when to listen, how to process that information, and to speak when he had something of value to share. So, how do you do that? What are some questions you can think about to determine if it's a good time to speak up and share your voice? First, have you done your research? And that means truly listening to people who are speaking in the meeting before you. Second, is what you're about to share grounded in or aligned with your purpose or your strengths, values, and passion? And third, does your idea introduce something unique that has the potential to move the group in a positive direction? I would say probably the way to make sure that people don't listen to your voice is to just constantly reaffirm what someone else has said. All that does is really make the meeting longer, and no one wants that. So we have these three questions. And again, a reminder, you can find them on the worksheet to accompany this episode in our show notes. Now, granted, you're not going to have time for every single discussion point that comes up to go through these three questions. But I'd argue that reminding yourself of them prior to the meeting and then reflecting on them after the meeting will help you to be able to follow these guidelines more often as they become an automatic part of your decision-making process about when to speak. Now, I can't leave this episode without mentioning what it looks like to find your voice in the climate of divisiveness and fear that we currently find ourselves in. This is something that I've been struggling with lately. There's a lot that I don't agree with being circulated. More than anything, I'm particularly sensitive to public figures that are spreading fear and division by blaming the other side. Sometimes I wonder if having a voice means needing to have an opinion on every topic and making sure that I share it with a social media post. I'm pretty sure the answer is no. If I try to take the perspective of those who I don't agree with, I begin to see that the emotions that are underlying their strong opinions are not likely to be changed by my thoughts. However, I did hear some great advice on a recent episode of the John Maxwell Leadership Podcast. When you're trying to decide if you should post something or not, ask yourself, is this something that I'm posting about what I'm for, something that's grounded in my values, and not just highlighting my feelings against what someone else stands for? You could also use my dad's stupid test. If you can end your post with the word stupid, as in, you shouldn't insert whatever you don't think they should do, stupid. You shouldn't wear a mask, stupid. You shouldn't trust the government, stupid. In other words, if in your post you're trying to point out how someone else is wrong and you can't imagine how they could possibly hold that belief, then maybe it's time to do a little bit more reflection about the inherent value of each person. Remember, even though on social media 
and sitting behind a keyboard, that other person may just seem like an object. They instead are a person just like you and me that was created to share their purpose with the world. So try to think about that when you're deciding what to post. I've even gone so far as not wanting to post anything at all. But I had a recent experience that showed me the value of being a voice for your purpose and values and highlighting something that you're for and the powerful effect that that can have beyond what you could even imagine. I got to experience this last week. So here's what happened. I went outside in the evening one night to get the dog some exercise. And when I looked up in the sky over our backyard... I saw a beautiful rainbow. Now, my immediate thought was, I'll take a picture of this. I'll post it online. But then I also have a voice inside my head that says, Terry, do you really need to post everything that you see? No one's going to see your post anyway, so why spend the time to put it out there? So I hesitated a bit, but finally decided that in the midst of all of the disagreements and arguments over everything that's happening in our world today, It might be nice just to see a picture of a rainbow. So I went ahead and posted it, thinking really nothing of it. Until a couple days later, that is. A couple days later, my neighbor, who lost her husband seven years ago in a car accident, came over to me and said, I want to tell you a story. And she proceeded to tell me that on the day that her husband passed away, her granddaughter was in the hospital hallway outside of his room, drawing. And she drew a rainbow. And when my neighbor asked her granddaughter about the rainbow, her granddaughter said, I've never actually even seen a rainbow in person. And of course, my neighbor said, oh, well, we'll have to fix that. Well, a few hours after that, her husband passed away. And as they were leaving the hospital that night, they looked up in the sky and they saw a rainbow. Not only that, But for the next four days, they saw rainbows and double rainbows. For her, it was a clear message of hope and that she would be cared for. It just so happens that when I posted that picture of a rainbow, it was around the same time in the evening, exactly seven years after they had seen that first rainbow. And when my neighbor had come home on that night that I saw the rainbow, She was feeling a little bit down because it was the anniversary of her husband's death. But when she opened the phone, she saw the rainbow, which happened to be right over her house. And it was a message for her again that she was immensely loved and cared for. Of course, I had no idea that posting this would have any impact on anyone other than maybe to see a pretty picture. So I share that story because... We all need positive voices right now. So if you have an opportunity to share a message of hope, go ahead and share it. You never know what kind of impact it might have. So my challenge for you this week is to reflect on the three questions that I mentioned at least once each day. As a reminder, those questions to help you determine if it's a good time to speak up and share your voice are, first, have you done your research? Second, is what you're about to say grounded in or aligned with your purpose? And third, does your idea introduce something new that has the potential to move the group or individuals forward in a positive direction? You could either make a commitment to reflect on those three questions at the beginning of each day, 
or maybe before each meeting that you go into. And as a reminder, instead of scribbling them down from this podcast, you can access them on the worksheet that's a companion to this episode that you can find at momsatlead.com forward slash podcast forward slash the number nine. And if you're in a particularly tricky situation where you really want to dig in deeper to how to share your voice effectively, please feel free to reach out. I'm still offering complimentary 30-minute introductory coaching sessions, and you can sign up for one of those at momsthatlead.com forward slash connect. My wish for you this week is that we move forward sharing our unique voices in ways that bring progress, growth, and healing. Until next time, lead with love. 